Welcome to You Are Loved, a podcast with open conversations about healing after suicide and suicide prevention. Join me as we discuss how you can heal after losing a loved one to suicide. Discover how others found hope again in their moments of darkness and how you can truly scatter hope to those who need it most of all. When you do, you can save their life. I'm your host, Crystal Partney. I am a best-selling author, speaker, and suicide grief coach. Together, we can heal. Remember, you are loved. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Dr. Olga Salinas. Hi, Olga. How are you? Very good. Thank you. And you? Good. I'm so glad to be having another conversation with you. I am so thrilled that we get to continue our conversation from the summit that we just had on Valentine's Day. And we just wanted to hop on another call and and just get to know you a little bit better and how you um, are involved in the amazing work that you're involved in. So thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very grateful. Of course. So for those people that don't know who you are yet, would you mind introducing yourself? Okay, so I'm a doctor. I'm from Colombia. I studied medicine in Colombia. And then I started working like in the hospital. And as a student, uh, I was being able to be aware that people were getting like a lot of emotions, sadness, fear depending of course on whatever illness they were experimenting. And then uh, at that moment, I started to explore Ayurveda, which Mm -hmm. is uh, like a a type of medicine from India. And then I start from there, all this path through alternative therapies. So for me, it's really important, the mind and the emotions and everything affects the body, right? So since then, it's been a long journey, exploring many techniques, and uh, especially the one that I prefer the most is the inner child therapy, because it's going to the root of the trauma. So that's what I really enjoy. And my tools are very simple, like tapping. So I prefer things that are very simple, but they're very effective. So tapping use the meridians from Chinese traditional medicine, and the, that tool is really powerful, but it's like, it's like very easy. It's like, you know, you're just playing a game. So I love doing things like that, simple and easy. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. I want to take a deeper dive into the concept of inner child because I'm not familiar with it, but I'm, I'm curious. Let's, let's take a deeper dive. Okay, so since we are conceived, Uh, our brain is recording everything around us the emotions of my mother my father everything around the family even the environment for example right now that there's like the war in ukraine and russia that of course affects people right because people don't feel safe right so all those things you are recording it and then you make decisions about that so, for example, um, I had a patient that when, the, when she was born, the mother was there and she just carried her for a while and then she started crying. But the mother didn't have enough uh, milk. So she was like, you know, like she was not nourished enough. And then she thought that the mother didn't love her, right? 
then she realizes that she needed to use formula and then everything was different. But at some point she decided that resources are scarce, right? So it's like lack of things. So what I do is that I always go to the inner child, but it's not me trying to find which inner child is whatever the patients connect with, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, uh, it's like a guided process. So when the person um, get to know that inner child, then I ask them what happened. So they just mention a story, whatever they've experienced. And then I ask them, why did you decide it regarding that situation? So the problem is that those decisions, since the frontal lobe is not fully developed, it, they, the kids, they lack of discernment and logic. So for example, if something happened, they're not able to understand what happened. So they decided I'm not good enough. Uh, everything is very scarce. Um, uh, the environment is dangerous. Um, I need to survive. And unfortunately, those decisions takes forever until you go and discover this in a therapy. So yes, so that's really important. Right. And I love what you said. I'm just going to circle back to what you just said a second ago about how children, they're very susceptible to everything that's going on in their environment. And they, of course, if they don't feel safe, if they don't feel like they are being protected and loved, then that can, of course, have this very dangerous effect on them and their well-being. So how do we make sure that we are creating that loving environment for them to really thrive? And especially if they've had something traumatic, like losing a loved one by suicide, how does one begin to re-nurture their, their own inner child? And how do we bring about that process of beginning to heal? Well, the thing with the inner child is that as soon as they make that decision, then your life will be ruled by that decision. So for, for example, even though you are 30, 40, 60, or 70, emotionally, you can be like three years old, four, five, or six. So usually it's between conception until nine years old, right? Mm -hmm. Also, there's a belief system that I don't know why adults think that a child is an adult in a small body. So then the way that when we communicate with the kids, they just feel our emotions. So it's our expression, is our verbal and for a verbal communication. So you can say, oh, I love you. But if, if, if it doesn't match, they know that you're not saying the truth, right? So the idea is that the, the communication usually is lead with an emotion, it's associated with an emotion. So kids, they just only understand emotions. Later on, when the frontal lobe is fully developed, then, oh, okay, now I'm able to understand that my mother was frustrated and maybe she asked me something in a rude way, but it's not because she wanted to hurt me. It's just because she's in a rush, right? Right. But a child doesn't know that. So the child usually is like, it's my fault, right? And the way that we uh, should talk to our kids is, of course, we need to know how to manage our emotions. So if, for example, you are very tired or if you're sick or if something happened, like for example, the death of a loved one, of course, you're not in the best place, right? 
So then you can add some resources like your husband or other people that maybe they can take care of the kids until you are much better. Or you can also do therapy or tapping or something to calm yourself. And then when you are in a, in a more neutral way, then you can talk to, to your kid, right? So they will be able to understand. And also it's important as parents to say, I'm sorry, right? So I'm sorry, I, I was um, very nervous. I was freaking out and I scream at you and I'm really sorry about that and make agreements. For example, if you are not in a, in a, in a good state, just say, you know what? I need some time. And then I'm just going to remove from this equation. That's what I did with my daughter. Sometimes when I was a bit upset, then I say, listen, right now, I'm not, a, I'm not, I can't talk to you right now. So I need to just live. And as, and in a while, then we can talk. Because otherwise it's going to, you're going to start a fight. And what's the point? So there's, that's a communication that doesn't serve at any point. Yeah. And I can absolutely relate because there's been, you know, of course, several times with me and my daughter where it's like, I just need, you know, 15 minutes. Can you please give me 15? And it's a work in progress. I'm going to be honest in saying that some days, you know, she'll say, okay, I, I see you need a break. And then other days we're both exhausted. And so we just will feed, I guess, on that energy off of each other and we'll both like have it escalate. And so being able to say, I love what you said to just simply say, you're sorry. I, you know, even after like we've yelled at each other and it's like, okay, going back and, you know, taking a couple deep breaths and then going back and just saying, you know what, I'm sorry. And she'll say it too. And so she understands like, Hey, I, you know, we both didn't mean to say the things that we said. We both didn't mean to react the way that we did, but it's, it's, it's going to be okay. You're, you're safe. We're both safe and let's continue on with our day. How old is your daughter? She's seven. Okay. So she's, she's still young, right? So yes. In that case, of course, when you talk with your daughter, then you need to go at the same level uh, with her eyes, right? And then like uh, using nonviolent communication, for example, not using rude words or whatever, then you just let her know that you had a very difficult day, you were very tired and you need a break or something like that and try to make agreements. So uh, when my daughter was young, uh, very young, of course, she, she didn't know how to read. Then we have like a blackboard. Right. And then we just painted, for example, going to the park, bringing a friend. And then we ask her to. So it's like uh, for kids, it's very important for them to know that whatever they they if they want a result, they need to have a specific action. Right. So, for example, then we say, OK, if you learn how to be polite with people and ask a favor and organize your toys, then, of course, you have this. Uh, gift for example like going to the park or something for her to know that it was like a rewarding thing right mm -hmm. and she's super responsible because she understood that every action that she makes it will make or create a consequence so depending on the consequence then you need to really be aware of the actions right right I I also think that expectations are really damaging everything because we're expecting our kids to understand or you know or even we have a lot of expectations about ourselves right for not right now that's superwoman right so then i'm working 
and then I'm doing this and this and that. And then I'm, I'm a mother of, you're a mother of two kids, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a lot, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know if you have help or something. So it's like, he's trying to be very mindful about your own expectations, right? And also the expectations that you have regarding your kids, right? Because we expect kids, our kids to be perfect, but that is like <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> right. It's like, that's so silly. But yet to your point, Olga, we still subconsciously think like, okay, there is that expectation. So I just want to camp here for a second because it's it's so important that we discuss like how we can manage our expectations when it comes to to different aspects of our life, whether we're grieving or we're we are in a you know we're trying to parent how would you suggest we are able to give ourselves that grace and manage those expectations that we set for ourselves and then of course set for our children as well well uh, to start with the expectation is just a belief system right Mm -hmm. and also it's the expectation that we think that every other people have about us too for example oh your mother wanted you to be this or this or that or to behave in this 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 way or what or whatever but expectation is impossible not to have an expectation the idea is yes you are able to have an expectation but is it the expectation that is doable not something that is like like for example like you are going to have three kids and you're going to manage like this job and another job and then you're traveling all over it's impossible right so regarding expectations um then you need to understand the quantity of your expectations so from all the expectations that i have what can i really do right mm-hmm. because if you have a lot of projects at the same time it's impossible for you to be good at all of them so you need to choose your priority and according to that then you just do the effort or you do the action. The quality of the expectation is also really important. So if the expectation is useful for me, or this is an expectation that I had from my past, for example, oh, I wanted to be a dancer. And then right now uh, I'm 57, then I decide that I'm going to be a dancer. Of course, no. That is when I was like a child, but right now, no. Also, if the expectation is going to allow me to achieve my goal or not and if this expectation is real or not or or if it's impossible right for example when people do diets or they go to the gym so they think that they're going to lose five kilos or ten kilos in in a month or two months and just doing exercise no you need to do a whole thing so you need to have a plan a diet exercise supplements to help you losing that weight so that's like real expectations. Uh, also, from the, the expectation is mine or is from my family. For example, in Colombia, it's very common that, for example, if everyone is a lawyer, then they expect their son or daughters to be a lawyer or doctors or engineers, right? Instead of just being my own expectation, uh, do I have the freedom? And do I, um, do I give myself permission to create my own expectations? Or do I want to please everyone around me and create an expectation for them, but not for me? Uh, I, can I be flexible with the expectation? 
And also, especially with teenagers, uh, when you are in a group, then for example, they start smoking or drinking, and then you these people, they do the same thing just to belong, even though they don't want to do it. So if they are expected to behave the same way. Uh, the other aspect of expectation is the attachment. So I am allowed to have this expectation without that attachment? Can I allow myself to be free and just expect a different result? Or do I really, I'm just only focusing on this specific result? So this is the problem, right? Because when the expectation is not fulfilled, then you feel like a failure and it doesn't work like that, right? Right. So it's important to have empathy, compassion, understanding within ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with my with my clients, I always talk about this because no no one gets married to get a divorce. No one start a job to lose the job or create like like a project to fail, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of lack of compassion towards ourselves. And it's like if uh, we pretend to be perfect sometimes or or maybe because of society, you should do this or this or that this way. And then you need to be successful. You need to be rich. You need to use this or that, right? So the social expectation is is very heavy, especially in US and yes. Canada, right? Yes. It's, it's too, too difficult. So then we're just following the step of other people, but not our own connection with our heart, right? Because maybe for a person, that job is perfect for them, but not for me. So it's like discovering my talents, my abilities, my way to serve people that expand my heart, right? Like that everything I do fits my soul, right? And we forgot that we have also our divine part within ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important for us to know that even though we're humans, we are a miracle. And as a miracle, we need to treat us like that. Taking care of our body, taking care of our relationships and try to give ourselves the best experiences. And also uh, we are very mysterious, right? Because all of us, we have a lot of talents and gifts that we don't even know that we have them, right? So he's trying to explore ourselves and discover all those gifts that we can offer to ourselves and others. Yeah. Well, I love what you said that like in really opening up the invitation to explore your talents and the gifts that you possess that I love what you said that some of them you may not even realize that you, you have, or you you don't know yet because you haven't had a chance to discover them. And I love that, that invitation to be able to say like, look, let's explore this. Let's see what's going to happen. Let's see if I'm good at this thing. And if I'm not, it's okay to let it go. Actually, I discovered that I had a trauma like a couple of years ago because uh, I was the youngest in, in all in high school, in high school. So I was like, uh, let's say I was 11 and all of them were like 13 or 14. Right. Uh -huh. so there were so they were playing kickball and of course they never choose me and of course I wasn't fast enough or I didn't kick as hard as I can so I decided that I was awful at sports or anything right yeah 
And then I realized that at that age, when you are 13 and the others are 15, it's a huge difference. It's like a baby and a one-year-old baby. It's a huge difference, right? So it's like, then I realized that that's why I didn't like to do workout or something. And then I just go start going to the gym. And I realized that I was pretty good. And I'm going now daily to the gym and I enjoy the gym and it's easy. But I had the trauma. So that trauma lasted like 30 years <laughs> <laughs> until I realized, oh, no, it was because of that. And it was, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I realized that I have a lot of coordination and I know how to do things. So, yeah, so that was very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So thank you for sharing. I think, you know, just as you were sharing that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I know I'm I'm picturing myself and thinking back like oh I wonder if there's I'm sure there is but I wonder if there's certain things like you said certain experiences that I didn't realize I was actually good at and I just thought like oh no I'm not good at that (laughs) so thank you for sharing yeah so it's important to to try right so you can try and then try not one day, try a little at least one month. And then if you really know that you don't have the ability, then okay, then you can just move to another option, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Giving yourself like just testing and trying new things is, is so powerful. And especially, I would say to our topic of healing and grief, I think it's important for us to discover new things and discover things like you had mentioned tapping and even, you know, exercise, how we can allow that to become part of our healing. Yes. Also regarding healing is understanding that everyone around us, they, they are doing their best because sometimes then we have, oh, my mom should do this or that. She should have taught me that, right? She should have me, uh, give me this opportunity and I didn't have that opportunity. So it's always just understanding the whole context, right? And regarding the inner child, we can have any trauma at any time. So for example, that trauma that I was maybe like 12, but also uh, working with clients is, for example, uh, at 20 years, 30 years, anything that is traumatic, um, I just go to the inner child, but the inner child could be 30 or 40 or 10 or 5, right? So it's like the younger version of yourself that decided something and that inner child get trapped in that trauma. So it's like there's no option, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is uh, to, when by any chance, if you make a mistake, just be very kind to yourself and realize, okay, so what happened with this? Okay, what was my part in not being able to be successful at this? So maybe you lack of knowledge or you lack of something or you needed some help from somebody else, right? And in that case, when you analyze that, you don't punish yourself and you just, you are more proactive and more compassionate towards yourself and others too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's this beautiful ripple effect that's like, hey, you know what, I, I did the very best I could. And that's enough. And then also giving that same, that same grace, as you will to other people. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, the inner child work is very, very important. Another work that I really like is family constellations. Family constellations is related to our ancestors, right? So sometimes we carry some uh, situations from the past, right? 
So for example, um, when there are suicide, it's also because there's something that happened prior, right? Hmm. So we also need to acknowledge our ancestors, right? And try to know a bit better about our family tree. So for example, what happened with my parents, my uh, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, as much as you can and understand. Because uh, that energy is like you are inheriting all of that. So if you have the knowledge, then you need, you're able to do something. In family constellations, what we do is that, of course, as a parent, you always want that your kids are much happier than you and more successful, right? And their life will be easier. But unfortunately, uh, we don't know that, right? So when the kids are born, they don't know that they already belong to the system, to that family tree. So then kids, they think that they need to do something extraordinary to be part of that family tree. And then, for example, if the mother, for example, if, if when you were pregnant, you were grieving, right? Then maybe your daughter or your son decided to carry those feelings. And they're always like sad because they think that if they carry the sadness for you, you'll be, you'll feel, you will feel better. But that doesn't work like that. Right. What happened is that you are carrying the sadness and the child is also carrying the sadness. So in family constellations, what we do is like with phrases, is like, mom, uh, with the same love that I took this sadness from you, with the same love, I also return this sadness. It doesn't belong to me. And that's also a very powerful work. Family constellation is really, really good. Well, thank you for sharing. That's something that I... I briefly heard about but I love that we decided to take the conversation there so thank you for sharing um Dr. Olga how do we connect with you because I know people are going to want to okay so my website is olgasalinas.com o-l-g-a-s-a-l-i-n-a-s.com and my email olgasalinas65 at yahoo.com and also I have Instagram and Facebook too Oh, wonderful. And I'll be sure to put that in the notes so that people can just be redirected. Thank you. Of course. Well, thanks for, for coming on. I really appreciate you spending some time with me and those people that are going to be listening and watching. I'm just so grateful. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care. You too. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of the You Are Loved podcast. For more information about suicide prevention, be sure to check out owlandthistle.com. That's owl as in the bird. Woo-hoo! And if you're coping with the loss of a loved one due to suicide, we've been there too. And for more information, check out our sister company found at scatteringhope.com. Please like and subscribe to this program to stay current with all of our episodes and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Owl and Thistle for Scattering Hope. As always, remember, you are loved.